Hi, I'm Mark, and this is the Fast Track Impact podcast, where we look at how researchers can become more productive and use their work to achieve real-world impacts. In today's podcast, I'm going to tell you how you can achieve more as a researcher by doing 80% less work. But before we get into that, I'd like to give you my research impact tip of the week. So my tip this week is to give yourself a crazy short deadline. Now, this might seem uh, a bit counterintuitive, uh, and it is, but I believe that very often when we give ourselves a very short deadline that isn't quite long enough for what we would ideally want to finish a task, what happens is that we meet the deadline and uh, we often do just as good work, or actually, in some cases, better work than we would have done if we had given ourselves double the amount of time. Now, the net effect of this is that you become twice as productive, you're still doing all the work that you would have done in double the time, Uh, but in some cases you actually discover that you're doing more effective, focused work. And I think the process that lies behind this is that when you have a urgent deadline that uh, can't be shifted, that you have to make, that isn't quite long enough, then you push everything else out of your diary, out of your life to meet that deadline. And it's that focused attention that you therefore get that very often enables you to do your best, most focused, most coherent work. Now, this is something that I've tried in various guises, uh, very often not by my own doing. Uh, I've just taken on more work than perhaps I should have done, and now I've got a crazy short deadline to meet. What I've often discovered, though, is that whether it's a paper or a lecture, that uh, when I give myself that short deadline and I meet that short deadline, I do that focused, coherent work that actually gets the job done on time and to a higher standard. Uh, Now, an example of this is when I was given a management job at the university uh, and uh, discovered that now I was doing that on top of my teaching and research and it just didn't fit in and I didn't want to start going home really late or missing out on my weekend so I just gave myself crazy short deadlines to finish papers and to finish my lectures. And I discovered two crazy things. Uh, The first was that actually I got better ratings from my students. Uh, And the reason is, I think, that uh, uh, my enthusiasm and passion for my subject came through because uh, I wasn't now over-preparing and going through everything in minute detail. And I was giving the students time to think and time to discuss. And I got feedback which uh, was saying enthusiastic lecturer on a regular basis. People liked it, and that enthusiasm was infectious. Uh, And equally, the papers that I submitted at that time are among some of uh, my 
highest cited papers. It doesn't necessarily mean that they're my best papers, but uh, they're good enough. And uh, these are papers that I wrote to some fairly crazy deadlines that I, uh, you may say, rushed. But actually what I think happened with these papers was that I gave myself really focused, concentrated time. And I was really strict with that time, strict with those deadlines to make those papers happen. And what you have as a result is this really focused, uh, really intensely coherent work that I probably couldn't have done if I'd spread that out over double or perhaps three times the amount of, uh, of time which I might have ideally wanted. Uh, whilst doing lots of other things in between and juggling and multitasking with lots of different other things. So the message here is give it a try and give yourself a really crazy short deadline that's you know, it's not ridiculous, but it's less time than you would ideally like. And let's see what happens. I think that if you try this out, you may well find that you meet those crazy deadlines and hence become more productive. And at minimum, you see no decrease in the quality of the work that you're doing. But at optimum, you actually see an improvement in the quality of that focused work that you do to those deadlines. So now to the main segment uh, of today's podcast, and I want to tell you how I believe you can achieve far more as a researcher with significantly less time. Now, this is something which has been referred to by some people as the Pareto Principle, and it suggests that for most people, 80% of the outputs that you value most as a researcher come from only 20% of your working day. Now, have a think about this for a moment. Think about what you did yesterday, what you did the day before, and what were the things that you valued most, that connected most with your goals as a researcher, what you want to achieve uh, out of your work. Usually, it's a minority of your day. Now, the 20-80 split is fairly arbitrary. The point is that for most of us, this is something that kind of rings true, that certainly taken over a week or a month, if you isolate the time that you actually spent on the things which led to things that are important, say, publications, say grant proposals, uh, whatever it is that you're trying to target, it's not actually the majority of your working week or month. Now this suggests that uh, if you want to become more productive and potentially get a better work-life balance, that there are probably things that you are doing in that other 80% of your working day that you might be able to cut out altogether, uh, or at least spend less time on. Now, the way to do this, in my opinion, is to have a very clear focus on your goals as a researcher. If you clearly know what it is that you want to achieve fundamentally as a researcher, then it becomes quite easy to prioritise which things to say yes to and which things to say no to so that you can begin cutting out that 80% fluff that is actually taking you away from your core goals. Now, there are a number of ways that you can uh, come up with these core goals and identify them if they are not already self-evident. 
you may ask yourself uh, some fairly basic first principle questions. You know, why am I a researcher? Uh, why did I go into this career? What was it that motivated that decision? What is it that gets me out of bed in the morning that makes me bounce out of bed and into work feeling positive and inspired and enthusiastic for what comes? What, what are the things that I reflect on as I'm walking home from work that give me a warm glow and a sense that I achieved something today that I'm really proud of? If you can answer those questions, you'll probably be able to identify the activities, the tasks, tasks that you're doing in your day that give you that sense of satisfaction. And from that, you should hopefully then be able to extract uh, what is it that is your core goal, your core motivator, what it is that you are trying to achieve fundamentally uh, as a researcher. This may just be an intellectual exercise that you do where you are simply asking yourself this question and thinking through, well, what is it that is important? What are my priorities? Now, for me, uh, to give you an example, uh, I have a, a very clear focus on doing excellent research that can make a difference, a tangible difference that can make the world a better place uh, in however small a way it makes uh, a, a beneficial change. And for me, this is a really powerful thing to have in the front of my mind whenever I am confronted with some kind of new research opportunity. There are a million different amazing, exciting avenues that I could take my research down at any given moment. How do I learn how to say no to the things that might sound exciting on the surface of things, but that when I get into them, turn out to be things that sap my time and my energy and my motivation because actually fundamentally they don't really motivate me. They don't really connect with the things that are most important to me and they become a bit of a chain around my neck. If you could identify those things up front, wouldn't that be great? So you could say no and don't get yourself into those situations. Uh, so, for example, uh, you might be able to hear uh, in the in the background uh, the sound of some hooting horns. Um, that's because I'm actually recording this from a hotel in Jordan. Um, I was invited to a workshop here by the United Nations. We're writing a report, and I said yes to this, despite the fact that this was pretty much an entire week out of my schedule. And there are very, very few things that I will dedicate an entire week to. Uh, and this comes in the context of, over the last month, uh, a number of different invitations to go to workshops with funders that could have potentially influenced uh, different funding agendas, uh, that were with academics looking at fascinating topics with fascinating people that I said no to because actually, yeah, they're interesting, yeah, they're cool, but actually will they really make a difference and will I tangibly be able to make a difference in those workshops? Well, maybe, maybe not, probably not. Actually, the answer is no. Uh, so I said no to many things, but I said yes to this because it takes that big box that yes, this is about excellent research that can genuinely make a global impact. Uh, and that's why I'm here. Now, have a think about this for yourself. Have a think about the last few things you said yes to and whether or not they actually tick the box for you that yes, this connects with my core purpose as a researcher. Uh, and then learn from your mistakes if you think that some of those things might have been a mistake so that you say no to more things in future that don't fundamentally contribute to those goals. 
Uh, and you say yes to the things that really do contribute to those goals. So you spend an increasing proportion of your time doing things that actually feel worthwhile and move you forward uh, in terms of what you want to achieve as a researcher. Now, I'm not suggesting that uh, we need to disengage from email, stop answering the phone, uh, be ice cold to our colleagues and not interact with anyone. Far from it. These things are, of course, all really important. The point I'm trying to make here is that uh, many of these things could be done in a more strategic way and they could be done more efficiently so that we can spend less time on the fluff and more time on the stuff that really matters for, me, for us. Now, I'm going to give you a few examples of uh, things that uh, I think you can do to save time and focus more on the things that are important. And the first of these is social media. If you are on social media, you'll know that it can be enormously useful as a researcher, it can be enormously entertaining, and it can be a black hole for time. You start the day on social media, uh, an hour goes by, half the morning goes by, and you discover that no matter how fascinating, and yes, it was useful for my work, yeah, I'm trying to justify this, yeah, the reality is, no, I just wasted half of my morning. For me, this is about separating uh, what is essentially recreation uh, in terms of engaging with social media from uh, using social media strategically for our work. Now, uh, I'll talk about this in a future podcast, but uh, I believe that if we have a social media strategy, no matter how basic that is in our head about how what we want to achieve through social media and how we want to use social media to achieve those goals, then you can start to use social media in fairly short bursts of time in your working day to achieve a hell of a lot when it comes to impact uh, and academic networking whilst not detracting from your work day and leaving uh, the reading of and engaging with the stuff uh, uh, till after work. The second thing is email. Now, if you're like me, you just have way, way more emails than you can ever read, let alone respond to uh, in a day. I've probably got over a thousand unread emails in my inbox at the moment. I do have a slight excuse. I'm, I'm traveling, but it is a nightmare. And I think most uh, researchers can relate to this. And one thing that you can think about doing here is to consider what time of day you are spending doing your emailing. Uh, if you start at nine o'clock in the morning, and you decide that your first task is to get through every single email in your inbox, chances are by five o'clock, you will still be sitting at your desk, writing emails and creating an even longer to-do list for yourself. If you're like me, uh, my most productive time of the day for doing critical thinking and writing and uh, the research uh, tasks that I have in my life is the morning. So. Uh, Whatever time of day it is for you, make sure that that crucial time of day is not wasted doing email. Now, I will check in at nine o'clock and see, well, what's in my inbox? Is there anything really important, really urgent that I need to deal with? And I will deal with the very most urgent and important things then and there. For the rest of them, I'm either ignoring them or sending a holding email saying, thanks for your email, I'll get back to you later on today. And then by half past nine, I've got that uninterrupted space now to say, right, what are my research tasks for today? What are the things that connect to my core goals? And let's now do some really focused, targeted work. 
By lunchtime, you've got that sense of satisfaction that you're making progress, that you're getting somewhere today. And then in that post-lunch dip, you're going through your emails, you're sorting out your admin with the goal of doing that efficiently enough to get back to that thing that you are now really excited about that you started working on this morning. Give it a try. The third thing I'm going to suggest is uh, cutting down uh, or at least be more strategic on the amount of reviewing that you're doing. Uh, I get uh, personally multiple requests to do reviews uh, by journal editors on a daily basis. Um, I'm a handling editor for a journal, Conservation Biology, uh, which also takes up some of my time. I, I just don't have time to do all the reviews that people would like me to be able to do. Uh, and sometimes you can feel a bit guilty saying no, because we all know that it is our academic duty to review. Uh, what I'm going to suggest is a rule of thumb that uh, most papers are reviewed by around about three people. Most grant applications are reviewed by three people. So if we review three times the number of papers and grants that we submit each year, then we can quite... Uh, justifiably say no once we've done that quota. So the final thing I'm going to suggest is, uh, uh, is cutting down on the amount of chat that, uh, that you might uh, do on a daily basis. Now this isn't about being uh, unapproachable and uh, unpleasant and, and uh, unchatty. Uh, this is about being strategic about the time that you spend in dialogue with people on a daily basis. So rather than walking down the corridor and stopping to talk to whoever you happen to bump into and having an open door policy where everyone could come in and interrupt you at any point for any purpose and you're stuck there trapped, uh, have a think about how you can uh, start to bound your chat in targeted meeting, meetings, uh, perhaps over coffee, over lunch, with people that you really want to prioritise spending time with, either as friends or as colleagues professionally, or both, so that you don't end up spending all of your time on random socialising with random people that are not really connected to your research, that you know you, you know, don't have that much in common with, but yeah, they're there and they're a colleague, they're in the department. Uh, I'm walking down that corridor now with purpose back to my desk and saying hi and being friendly, but yeah, carrying on walking in the knowledge that I will be going out for coffee with someone that I really want to spend some targeted quality time with later on that morning uh, or for lunch. Uh, and in this way now, I'm uh, hopefully spending that really quality time doing the tasks that are most important to me without compromising my social capital, without turning into someone who's nasty or who ignores people who are, or who is unapproachable. The point is with all of these things that I think these are things which can, each one of them, expand to fill your entire day. And so we need to have strategies for each of these time-wasting activities so that we uh, bound them so that we do what is necessary in terms of our email and our socialising and uh, our reviewing, etc. Uh, but we do it in a way that enables us to still achieve the things that we really want to as researchers on a daily basis. My message is this. Do less to do more. Limit your tasks to only the most important so that you shorten the amount of time you have to work and then shorten the amount of time you have to work so that you are forced to limit your tasks to only the most important. 
And this links back, of course, to the tip that I gave you earlier on. Let's be really targeted in the time that we spend. Let's give ourselves tight deadlines so that we spend that really focused time achieving the things which are most important to us in ways that give us that focused, coherent thinking space so that we do our best work and we do that best work most productively. to try and break down what we've discussed in the podcast into a concrete, actionable step that you can put into practice between now and next week. Now, today, what I would like to ask you to do is two things. I would like you to think back to a representative day in your research job. Now, if that was yesterday, let's have a look at yesterday. And I want you to write down for me uh, all of the things that you did yesterday from when you started work to when you finished work and how long you spent on each of those things. Now, include the menial stuff in there as well. Include the admin task, include the email, the time spent chatting on the phone, on social media, in breaks, having your lunch, etc., etc. And then uh, have a look through and... Uh, underline or highlight the things that you feel actually contributed in some shape or form to your core goal. So maybe that phone conversation was actually crucially important in opening a door that will enable you to do something really powerful, really important that connects with your goals. Great, underline that phone call, that's fine. But uh, now have a look through the things which are not underlined, which don't really connect to your core goals. Now, you can't cut them all out, of course, academic life just wouldn't function if everyone did that. But have a look at the things which actually took you most time in the day that are not now underlined or highlighted. And I want you to think of how you could reduce that tomorrow or potentially, depending on what it is, cut it out entirely. Now, the problem with this is that most of us start to immediately come up with a bunch of excuses. Well, yeah, if I, if I don't spend time on that, if I cut that out, then this will happen, that will happen, what will so-and-so think of me, who will feel let down, etc., etc. Now, yeah, that's fine. Go through that thought process. But now also ask yourself the question, well, actually, what will happen if that person feels disappointed in me? Actually, will they be disappointed? Will they really care? Will they even notice? Uh, what is the worst that could happen. And uh, as I said previously, if someone's going to die, then great, keep that thing. That's fine. No problem. Uh, in most cases, nothing drastic will happen. Uh, if you think something drastic might happen, then think, well, could I recover it? Could I bring it back from the brink? Uh, make up for it. And if the answer is yes, then hey, give it a try. Cut that thing out. Drastically reduce the amount of time you're spending on it. Chances are there will be no negative consequences but there will be the positive consequence of you getting more time to spend on the things that matter most to you. <laughs>